gonna rock the shade Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here is an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Huspeth and Taylor. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. Hey, 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 baby, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, baby, hey I love you, baby I sure ain't gonna be your dog
everything now Hey, hey, you lost your good thing now You had me fooled, I found it out somehow I said you had me fooled, but I found it out somehow This morning down on Parchment Farm Just give me life this morning Down on Parchment Farm I wouldn't hate it so bad But I left my wife in morning Goodbye, wife, all that you've done gone Oh, goodbye, wife, all that you've done gone But I hope someday you will hear my lonesome song Taylor from their brand new release, and we got Brandon and Hyson on the line right now. Hey guys, yeah. how you doing? Hey, we're doing good. Yeah, good to be here. Cool. Now, um, this is the first time you guys have been on the show together, and uh, we always like to start off by giving our fans the opportunity to get to know you guys as not only as artists but as people, and the best way to do that is through your journeys and how you got to where you are today. So give us the story of both you, Brandon, and you, Hyson, and, of course, the uh, collaboration that you guys are working on through Huspeth and Taylor. So give me your okay. story. Sure. You know, I, I started playing guitar at, you know, I was like five. I, I watched Sesame Street and saw Johnny Cash on Sesame Street and... And thank goodness my parents were uh, very big into music, especially my dad. He was 
a huge uh, fan of Jimmy Reed and and BB King were his guys at the time, and so <clears throat> he kind of uh, showed me uh, at a very early age about blues. So I was like this little kid listening to this old blues music, you know, and I really took to that. So, anyways, I I grew up and uh, started playing in bands and in college around Oklahoma and moved to Kansas City as soon as I got out of high school and uh, basically met Hyson was one of the first people I met when I moved to Kansas City. I started playing with this guy. He was a legend here named Little Hatch, Provine Little Hatch, and uh, and Hyson was his drummer and. And that's how I met Ison, <clears throat> and uh, but that's how I started playing blues. Is is was my dad's influence, um, and his taste in music. Kind of, he, he would take me to see BB King every time he came to town and stuff like that. So that, that's kind of how I started. Okay, how about you, Ison? Well, uh, I've been playing drums since I was three and uh, my dad was in the Air Force brought a snare drum and brushes uh, a friend gave him and uh, feel so bad like a ball game on a rainy day was on and I just sat down and started playing it and, uh, they said wow we need to get him a drum set but they never did so for years uh, in my younger age i play whatever i could get my hands on and uh, started playing in bands when i was uh, seventh grade first time i ever got paid and uh, that was 67 i believe and uh, i've been fortunate enough to sit in with lots of people and, and, and tour with some some good ones and uh learn how to be a musician okay now this collaboration between you and and uh brandon uh, tell me how that got started uh brandon approached me uh i believe it was right around the time of ibc's and wanted to know if i'd be interested in doing a, a duo at the time, uh, Black Keys were pretty hot, and uh, we sort of approached it like that. Drum set and electric guitar. Uh, went to Memphis, represented in Kansas City in uh, 2014. And uh, went to the semifinals, but just really kind of got the impression that we were too much for the room. And uh, so we decided to do some acoustic stuff. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about this new release. Um, when, If you were to explain this to someone who's never heard you guys before and you wanted to get them excited about going out and listening to this release, what would you tell them? I would say, um, <clears throat> I would say that it's... It's some old songs, very old songs that we've taken. Some of our hand-selected out of millions of old songs we're dedicating to the old bluesmen of the, the Delta and Piedmont area, you know. And uh, we've kind of beefed them up. Hyson's put these cool beats to them, and it's kind of a modernized 
version of these old uh, old blues songs that are pretty obscure some maybe maybe you've never heard before but some that you have and it's a different take on them so okay yeah i think it's yeah, yeah. just kind of harkening back to the early days of recording that's that's right around then 26 27 28 yeah first recordings and uh just, uh, I, I really like the, just the ideas and the storytelling and, and use of the voice in different ways and, you know, like cattle hollers and, you know, all kinds of different uh, exhortations that uh, the Delta musicians would use and the timing and all that was really cool. Okay. Wanted to use, try that, you know. Now, when you guys were looking for the right songs to add on to this release, what was kind of the criteria you were using to find the songs or, you know, kind of glean out of this huge catalog? Well, I think I saw kind of now that, I mean, it's the story, those songs had little stories to them and that, that was one thing and also the hook every song has got this little little thing you know just like those old musicians everyone had a style that they you would hear in almost every song you know and so we incorporated you know try to get a different hook from these different artists try to and cover a bunch of ground stylistically okay now um brandon i know that in addition to you know um doing some of these older songs you're also an accomplished songwriter in your own right and i always like to um delve into that world a little bit and how different writers approach that craft when you sit down to begin writing what is your process oh well I, I want to add that the first Hudspeth and Taylor is all original material too. So Hyson is a is a is a writer for sure. Uh, for me, uh, I guess the writing uh, it comes from an idea, like just a a lyric for me usually, like a catch line. Like I hear somebody say, or I hear you know just in passing, you know, and I'll write it down, or I guess these days I'll put it on my phone on my notes. You know, I used to write it down, have all these little pieces of paper, but that's how it starts for me is an idea. And then and I like to I like different styles of music. So it's all about the, the different beat, you know, rather be Zydeco or a Shuffle or so. Yeah, that's how, I, how it starts for me. OK, how about you, Hyson? How do you begin that? process? Yeah. Well, you know, often uh, I, I I think about those old guys, how they like to tell a story. Um, I try to. Uh, not be too sing-songy in, in the rhymes and so forth, but I do hear a catchphrase, like like Brandon said, someone will say something, you know, and it, it just clicks in my head, so I try to build something around that. I'm a drummer, so I try to come up with interesting rhythm that I can accomplish and sing over. And uh, that might be catchy, you know, for people. Okay. Now, um, one of the big buzzwords in the industry today 
is artificial intelligence. That seems to be something everyone's talking about. And there are a lot of tools out there um, that are available for songwriters to help write lyrics, to help write melody, orchestration. Uh, even Ed Sheeran uh, admitted in an interview with Swedish Radio that he utilized some of these uh, online uh, artificial intelligence tools as idea generators. What do you think of this technology and how do you think it's going to affect the music industry as we move forward? Hi, Hassan? Uh, I, to me, it's... Uh, I guess I'm old. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Being an old-fashioned guy, I, I like to have my own ideas. I like to have my own experiences and and and, and you know auto tuning and all you know you can't sing the song in tune and perhaps a little some more lessons i don't know i don't know <laughs> well, yeah. um go ahead yeah i just that's disappointing uh <laughs> did you tell me about it sure i always thought he was pretty Roots, roots-oriented, and, and everything. But you know, I still like his music. I, I don't know if I'm. Well, you know, I, I mean, I've, you know, I, you know, I agree with you as far as auto tune and all of that. I mean, I've been a recording engineer since 1980. You know, back before auto tune came around, and I'm old enough to to remember when MIDI and drum machines came in, and how the industry was in an uproar how we're dehumanizing music um and now they're they're everyday tools in our arsenal uh you know uh, i remember back before the 1960s the use of a rhyming dictionary and a thesaurus was considered cheating um yeah you know and now they're you know they're almost staples in the songwriter's toolkit uh, well, that's true. You know, and we as songwriters, we always are keeping our ears tuned to that phrase or that um, that idea that that comes our way, whether it's in casual conversation or something we see in a meme or on the internet, right, or whatever. So yeah. it doesn't matter where the ideas come from; it's what we true. do with them and how we utilize this technology in order to. Um, to catalog the human condition. You know what I mean? And that's really what we're doing is we're cataloging that human condition. Uh, so, you know, uh, these AI tools can easily be misused and, um, you know, and then come out with a lot of schlock kind of songs or they can be used as a tool where we use them to maybe generate an idea or get a couple lines that spark us in a direction you know what i mean yeah 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 i mean i i i don't know much about it but yeah i know what you mean i mean it's it's good to have as many tools you know to, if you use them right you know in the toolbox it's good yeah. to have them so i agree with you if, you, if, you, if you're doing it and, and you're not i guess overdoing it maybe but yeah i agree yeah yeah, I mean, you know, every tool is is a useful. Yeah, tool. there's no there's no cheating in music, I guess. You know, yeah. so that's what my teachers used to tell me. Well, yeah, uh, you know, there's only twelve notes. You gotta, you gotta right. You gotta refresh. They're gotta that. repeat. Yeah. 
you got to refresh that well once in a while and say, yeah, you know. You know. That's true. Yeah. That's kind of what we were doing with this record. We were kind of yeah. Here, hearing a lot of, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to denigrate any blues artists that's out there right now doing what they have to do. But uh, there's a lot of uh, sameness, you know, it's, it's loud, there's not much dynamics, and they use one or two fields, and that, that Delta stuff has all kinds of flavors in there, and uh, it's just so interesting, and it, 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 it's helped my songwriting just yeah. kind of break <laughs> whatever mold I've created for myself i agree totally yeah that's that's a good point i saw you know and uh you know one of the things um for me you know i'm i'm a, a blues expansionist and you know one of the things you guys had kind of mentioned about how some blues artists today's are kind of going through the motions <clears throat> i don't believe that we need to keep the blues alive i believe that we need to allow the blues to live um, right. It is a, a living, breathing art form that is dependent upon artists that will take it to that next level, take it and put their own spin on it, not regurgitate the same right. thing. But you know, like you guys are doing, you're taking these old songs, you're breathing right. life into them. And right. the people that are listening now are hearing them really kind of for the first time as a new song you know what i mean exactly exactly that's the whole idea you're right yeah that's the whole idea is Certainly. people are, a lot of people are it's going to be like hearing it for the very first time exactly the whole idea yeah now when you guys go into the studio i mean that is an art form again in itself i mean you know having good songs is is kind of a part of the battle but the other half is giving those songs its identity uh its sound its vibe and every artist has their way of working in that environment in order to capture the sound they're looking for when you guys get into that world into the studio what is your process that allows you to kind of get the sound you want uh, basically, we uh, we set up like we do live at our our gigs and just and, and try to keep it as live as possible and play together just like we're playing uh, playing you know playing a show that and that's kind of the idea there you know we do have to isolate you know we do isolate the guitar you know have to do that but we and we look through mirrors or not mirrors windows I guess. We have eye contact. But. Yeah, we have eye contact for sure. Yeah, but yeah, we totally uh, play, play, just set up live and, and just did it live. Hyson saying all that stuff live. Okay. Now, um, let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, getting it out there. Um, you're working with Larry Kay from Night Train uh, Promotions. Uh, tell me about that that relationship. Uh, as far as, as far as far as working with him or how yeah, I met him, you know, working with him, how it all came about, just you know, how did that yeah. dynamic work? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Larry's been I've been working with Larry for the last three albums. He did me and Hyson's first album, and and then he did Levy Town's last album, and and he's helping us with uh, working this one too. And uh, 
yeah, he does a good, great job. You know, he, he does everything he says he's going to do, and, and people respect him, and and, and seem like uh, you know that the DJs play is the stuff that we send him, and so you can't ask for more than that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Very, very effective. <laughs> now, uh, let's talk about the industry. Um, the elephant in the room here is the fact that the consumer has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. Um, yeah. I don't care how much we bitch about it. I don't care how much we can we complain. Uh, vinyl mm-hmm. isn't going to save our asses. I don't care if vinyl is outselling CDs. Well, the reason it's outselling selling CDs, you can't get a CD player in your car. You can't get right. one in your computer. You can't buy yeah. one at Best because they don't sell them anymore. If you want one, you have to go to a, a, a thrift store. Um, wow. You know, once that hardware is gone, that software is, is, is on the way out. So we need to mm-hmm. look at the future and say, okay, this is our reality. We need to deal with this. The problem yeah. is, is that because of streaming and the way it, it functions as, as a way of, of consuming... The, the consumer out there no longer looks at recorded music as a product. It's not something to purchase anymore. It's a service. How has this shift uh, affected you guys as artists? Oh, man. that's uh, Yeah, I think about this a lot. This is a tough one. It's... <clears throat> I mean, it's definitely affected us financially, of course. You know, I mean, you make an album, it takes a lot of money to to make to make a recording, an album. You gotta you gotta sell it to you know. You gotta get the money back somehow, or you're just kind of yeah. thrown it away. And without CDs, you can't do it with streaming. You know, even if you're Bruce Springsteen, I mean, you know, it just it takes so much just to come up to a dollar that. It just doesn't add up. It's I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, if there's even a question, I don't know. It's I don't know how to uh, how to how to go about you know, selling merch and you know music. I guess. Well, you know, it's, I don't it's, know. Yeah, we're we're all in this catch twenty two here because right. If we don't participate in this, exactly. World, you know, right. If someone goes to look for you and they don't mm-hmm. find you, you yeah, you're you're yeah, forgotten. You're, yeah, yeah, you're you're irrelevant at that point. Exactly. And considering that, I, I think the statistic is twenty thousand songs a week are being uploaded uh, to yeah. these services. So there's yeah. so much music up there that if you do not participate, you're kind of stuck. So they have you between a rock and a hard place. And we know that right. the record companies, the big labels, have all made their deals with with Spotify to get a, a larger piece of the pie. Uh, they've all invested in the in the uh, in the in the platform with stocks and so on and so forth. So you know they're getting their piece. You know they've they've yeah. found their way of um, making it pay for them. What do you think we need to do as independent artists to help us change that dynamic and get more money to us and and help us get to a point? where we can at least break even because currently this is not a sustainable business model no 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 exactly it's not yeah Tyson do you have any I you know I think that 
Well, we're we're trying some things. Going to try to get some LPs printed up, and so much just to get them per record. You know, it's the the price is going to be up there a little bit, and uh, unless you really want to spend that kind of money, I think you'll walk right by the LPs. I, you know, I see these little download cards, and I don't know how effective those are, but I think just being aware and trying to, trying the uh, multiplicity of avenues is is one way of kind of staying relevant, and I think you just got to be on the road a little bit. Oh, yeah, we definitely, yeah, the job is on the road. I mean, I always tell young musicians that if you're not putting more time in the van than you are on stage, you're doing something wrong. All right. <laughs> now, uh, one of the things I've been keeping an eye on is where is streaming going in the future? Where is the industry headed? Um, because if you look at the, the evolution of the digital revolution, um, and the pun was unintentional there. Uh, you, we have, I mean, the whole uh, landscape is littered with companies that have fallen by the wayside. Um, you know, LimeWire we started with and then went to Napster and, you know, of course, they're, you know, sitting on the side of the road. You know, and then all of a sudden the industry said, oh, 99 cent downloads and we'll send you, sell you these little iPods. And you can right. store all of your music on one spot and be able to carry it around, just like the old Walkman used to be. And, yeah. you know, and of course, who has iPods now? You know? Right. You know, yeah, so they're sitting in the drawer, you know, getting dusty and dead. Yeah, um, exactly. So now iTunes, you know, gets on the side of the road. And everyone was screaming, oh, we'll never, you know, Apple will own the music industry forever. Well, that didn't happen. You know, along comes Spotify. So we know that evolution of this industry is going to replace yeah. Spotify somewhere down the line. But mm -hmm. what is going to take its place? Um, and I've been watching this really closely. And one of the technologies that really seems to be gaining a lot of um, traction are these new streaming services that are based on the technology they use for cryptocurrency called the blockchain. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Audius, Emanate, Audiolux, uh, and I know Audius is backed by Katy Perry and Jason Derulo. And one of the big advantages of these technology or this technology is the fact that no company or person can own the service. It's owned by the users, the fans, and the artists themselves. And yeah. what they're saying is that it takes about 20% of the incoming revenue in order to run the network. The other 80% can be distributed back to the artists themselves which is a huge difference and, and a yeah. much different business model than, let's say, Spotify, who the owner of, you know, is making more money per week than 10, 20 of the top artists on Spotify. So there's a definite yeah. problem. Right, yeah. So um, 
What do you yeah. think of that as a potential future for the industry? Yeah, I mean that's I, that's that's not that's that's I, I don't disapprove of that. I mean, if you can control it and, and it's yours, you know, then yeah, that would be okay. They use mm-hmm. it for commercials, commercials and movies and oh yeah, for sync licensing, yeah. licensing yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's another big industry in itself. Right. Now, there's another technology that is also based on the blockchain. I think you guys would really find interesting. Yeah. There is a site called Royal.io, and there's, there's a few others out there. And what they let you do is create these non-fungible tokens, or these NFTs, that represent a small portion of your streaming royalties or your publishing royalties, whatever you want to assign it to. And one of the rap artists, Nas, did this. And he took two songs from his last release. He made enough of these NFTs to cover one half of the streaming royalties on these two songs. He sold them to his fan base was able to generate almost $600,000 in upfront income. He then had almost 3,000 fans that had an economic interest in making sure that his music is streamed because yeah. they get paid. Yeah, um, that's because, an interesting situation. Yeah, because it's, they get paid. They get paid. Yeah. Yeah, they get paid, yeah. Piece of that, that, um, that yeah, it's all right. owned by, the, by them. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah, it's like buying stock in your Yeah, that's stock. what I was just getting ready to say. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Now that's that's kind of cool. I haven't heard of those either one of those, but I like the second one. Both of them are pretty good though, but Well, it, it yeah. take the place of the record company. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, You're doing it all yourself. Yeah. I mean, let's Basically. face it. What's I a like that. contract really do for an artist? It's right. a, it's a bad yeah, loan with bad terms. You know. Right. Um, so instead of, you know, and of course, if you did a record contract, the first thing the record company wants, they want your publishing, you know, and then they want, you know, your streaming. So why give it to them when you can assign it to your fan base and engage your fans in your Yeah, that's, yeah, I like that. That's, that's, I think that's, they get the money too. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's like a stock. It's like a company, and they're buying a piece of it, basically. And you know, it, so yeah, they'll, they'll be telling their, all their friends. Oh yeah, and you know what's <laughs> you know what I mean? even more interesting is the fact that it, if it's based on these blockchains, right? They, are, you're able to put smart contracts into these into these blockchains. So when these streaming services take off. And this new, you know, uh, NFT thing takes off. You don't have to do any administration of how people get paid because hmm. it becomes automatic through these smart contracts. So immediately upon a stream, the generated income is split to whoever needs to get it automatically. Right, right. I see. Yeah, because I could get hairy, but yeah, that, if it's all in the block, you know, on the chain. Right. Already, so, you know, yeah. Administration is taken care of. The fact that it's owned by the fans and the artists, so there's that direct relationship between them, and the fact that you now have engaged your fan base um, with 
economic incentives as well as giving them a feeling of being connected to you on that on a, on a, on a different level really right. changes yeah. how the industry operates you know sure does yeah i can see that totally yeah interesting very interesting and who'd you say did that nas nas yeah, yeah i'll have to look you, that up and read yeah, about that go to, uh, it's interesting royal.io and you'll see okay you'll see nas and you'll see all his nfts and all the other artists that are doing that as well i see um, okay. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's gaining some some major traction right now. Yeah. Well, that that cures a, pro- a big problem, you know. What about publishing? Well, I Who mean, you can assign publishing. I mean, you know, you know, every song has two sides. You've got your songwriter side, and you got your publishing side. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, you're assigning your publishing to the record company. So, giving a portion of your publishing or assigning some of that and and selling it to your fan base is really much more economically um, advantage, has a better advantage to you because the record company is just going to make money off of you and really not give you any advantage, whereas your fans are going to feel connected to you right. and, and empowering you, empowered by mm-hmm. you, by these NFTs and, and your publishing, you know? Yeah. So Interesting. It's a, it's a completely different business model. Yeah, I was going to say, it's wild. But yeah, I get it. Now, um, one of the things, you know, when the pandemic hit, we all hit the internet, you know, and we started doing yeah. live streams and... You know, yeah, we make a couple extra bucks, and we put our little tip jars out there and Venmos, and you know, and trying mm-hmm. to survive through this this period. But as the months turned into years, um, we had to get more creative. We had to up the game, so to speak. So we got a little better at doing live streams. We got, you know, we got right. maybe ten mini and some, you know, some good yeah. HDF, you know, high def cameras and so on and so forth but even that people kind of tired of that experience so we had to give them different content and one of the things i noticed is that some artists really connected with this reality show raw content where they were showing their hobbies their their family their um you know right. their pets their barn animals sure. you know whether it be chickens and goats or they do hiking or fishing or you know whatever and the result of that is that mm-hmm. they started to attract a wider swath of potential fans into their yeah. what i like to call the marketing funnel that mm-hmm. allowed them to distill them down into core fans that are going to support you. Um, and, you know, content creation and social media marketing has become very important when it comes to establishing your brand, getting people to feel like they are connected to you on a personal level. Uh, what are some of the things that you guys are doing utilizing content and social media marketing that's helping you establish your brand and to get the word out on this new release? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely trying to up my game as far as that goes. You know, I 
I put, you know, posts about, you know, mixed posts about music and, and my family, you know, and what we're doing, like for the ice cream store or whatever. Like you said, people love that stuff, you know, seeing my baby and, and um, I mean, you know, us together and like, what does he do outside of, you know, playing music, you know? So I've been trying to do a little bit of that, you know, a little bit more of that for sure. And, and like you said, it, it does spark more interest, you know? Just letting people view a little different side of of the artist, maybe every once in a while, is, is helpful. I believe. Yeah, people come up to you and ask about you all the time. Ask about your yeah. little adventures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my hiking trips and stuff. So yeah, you know. It's, well, you know, and, and that's really kind of the the job now of an independent artist is to kind right. of, um, broaden out the mm-hmm, I know. the amount of people that come to your content and you want to sure. bring them in a wide swath at the top of your funnel and move them down through your your spotify onto your website and hopefully into your your merch and your right uh, you know the things that you have as far as you know tours and showing up and yeah you know, and showing up to the shows yeah exactly if, if you see someone's name on a marquee and you say oh i know that guy you know, mm-hmm. you know we, we know i've seen him and he does this and that and, so that may just turn into a ticket sale. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, that's how the world is. You know, it's all out there for people to see, and they're all looking for for stuff that they're you know that attracts their attention. And yeah, and people love, and I do too. I love watching you know <clears throat> other people and having fun, and and it helps you know helps to see the artist, like I said, on in a different light. Yeah, as a human. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Now, you know, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show and talking with me. It's always a pleasure to have you, Brandon and Hassan. It's a real pleasure to have met you. Our our pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, really, yeah, and uh, we're going to give everyone out there an indie blues double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. You know what? Turn it up loud.
gotta be sure Lord, this hard time's gonna kill you Just drag on slow artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Shout now, honey. I'm gonna make. 